It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Tuesday's edition of the programme, John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103. There are, as I look out the window, there are small flurries of uh, snow, but we've had rain before that, so the ground is quite wet, so I don't know how much of it is going to actually land and stick and how much more snow we're going to get. So do keep us updated wherever you are this morning if you're getting large accumulations of snow, particularly if you've been out on an essential journey and you want to let other people people uh, know because we'll try to keep people as updated on the local news as uh, we can and Met Erin continuing to tell us that we are braced for the heaviest snowfalls of the winter so far and the status yellow snow and ice warning. It came into force this morning at 8am and it remains in place until 8am tomorrow morning and they're saying uh, up to five centimetres of uh, snow even though a lot of that I imagine is going to land on uh, higher ground. It, last night was the coldest night of the year. Temperatures dipped as low as minus five degree, degrees. But also here in Cork, there's the additional worry and warning. We have also been issued with flood warnings and that's over the impact. If we do get a lot of snow today and when that snow starts to melt, if it starts heading towards already swollen rivers and streams, we could have an amount of flooding this weekend. So so there is flood warnings out there as well. Uh, we're also being told that some roads on higher grounds are likely to be left impassable due to deep snow uh, accumulations. So the Gardaí and the Road Safety Authority urging people to please take care. If you're out and about and you're undertaking any of those essential journeys to please be careful. As I say, that status yellow uh, snow and sleet warning remains in place until 8 o'clock on Friday morning. Today it's going to remain bitterly cold. At best if Temperatures go to three, four degrees. And then tonight we're expecting another very cold night. Temperatures could be as low as minus five degrees. So wrap up warm, please. But our lines are open. If there's anything you want to share with us, 1850-333-103. John Paul taking the course. And you can text or WhatsApp me to 0862-103-103. Can I start by just mentioning vaccines on the programme today? Because we are continuing to get calls and texts in from listeners who are over the age of 85 or on behalf of people over the age of 85 wondering 
when and what time and what day are they going to be receiving their vaccines because we know from next Monday GPs will start the rollout of vaccines for over 85 year olds and already this morning uh, we've had a message in from a lady to say my mum is 90 she's heard nothing yet about the vaccine and I'm wondering when is she expected to get to get it now normally for something like this I'd be saying oh just get your mum or ring your mum's uh, GP on her behalf but we've been constantly telling people don't ring your GP because your GP will be contacting you and I've only as I was driving to work this morning I was listening to the ad again that's been rolled out by the HSE telling us that the vaccines will start next Monday for the over 85s and that the GP your own GP will contact you when they have the vaccine ready and when they know they're going to have the vaccine ready for you so that just got me thinking then has anybody over the age of 85 been contacted have you a family member over the age of 85 have they been contacted have they been given a time a date and a venue of where to go next week to get their vaccine I would be really interested to hear from anybody who has already heard from their GP or if you've had a family member who's heard from their GP or is everybody in the same boat and literally this isn't the fault of the GPs the GPs are waiting to see how many vaccine doses they're going to get because the last thing that GPs want to do is to contact 10, 20, 30 people to say you're in on Monday and then on Monday to have to contact them to say oh sorry no we're not getting the vaccines until Wednesday. So I I really do feel for the GPs at the moment because they're waiting and they know as soon as they have those GP they have those vaccines into the GP surgeries they will have the patients ready and they'll have a backup list in case on the day the 30 people that they're due to give the vaccines to you know, maybe five of them can't make it for whatever reason, feeling under the weather, sick, just can't make it. They'll have another group of people ready to to move in and to get those vaccines. And I know a lot of work has gone on behind the scenes from the admin side of it for uh, GPs. So I suppose patience is what everybody uh, needs to have. But as I say, if you if you have heard or you know of somebody who's ha- who has heard who already has a date to get their vaccine, let us know, please. 1850-333-103. And then yesterday we had some people saying, is there any choice of we've three vaccines now available in this country and of course we have to wait on the European Medicines Agency to give the nod to other vaccines and we know there's many many other vaccines out there that are getting very close to being ready to get the nod of approval from the European Medicines Agency and somebody was asking do we know when the next one is coming and I was I, I've a feeling it would probably be the Russian vaccine which which will get the repro- approval it's called a Sputnik uh, 5 and then I was and I mentioned that yesterday and then I did a bit of research last night to find out what's happening with the Russian vaccine and it's seems the European medicines regulators say they haven't received an application yet seeking approval for the Sputnik 5 COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, But the European medicines agencies say that the vaccines developers have expressed an interest and that their vaccine could be considered for a real-time review in uh, Europe. Russia has already shared the data from their late stage trial with regulators in several countries and the news coming from this particular vaccine is really, really good. It's another two-dose regime. Uh, The Sputnik 5 has 91.6% effective against systematic COVID-19. That's according to results that were published uh, earlier this month in the Lancet International Medical uh, Journal. And I know, for example, Hungary have already bought a million of the Russian doses. So it looks like the Russians could, that the Sputnik one, that could be the next vaccine.
vaccine but as of yet no it hasn't been given the go ahead because the, the EMA are saying we need the paperwork we need them to get the paperwork in to us and then I suppose the other big bone of contention around the vaccine is whether the Taoiseach and the rest of the government how would you feel about the Taoiseach and the rest of the government being given the vaccine being pushed up the list for vaccines and I was surprised to hear Dr. Dilly, Dr. Gillian de Gascoigne from Neffet coming out yesterday and he says that the cabinet should be vaccinated. They should be given a vaccine against COVID-19. And he said the reason for it is they're important decision uh, makers, they're essential workers and he said we need to keep them safe and obviously his comments yesterday will weigh, will come in, um, weigh in on the Taoiseach's pl- on, on whether the Taoiseach will travel to Washington next month. That is still up for uh, discussion on whether he will go over to see the US President Joe Biden on St. Patrick's Day because many people are saying if that trip does go ahead and we still don't know if that trip is going to go ahead we A don't know if the Americans want the Irish Taoiseach to come over or not with, and with, it's not that they wouldn't want him to come on St. Patrick's Day but with everything that's going on with the pandemic so we don't know if an invitation has been extended uh, yet and Michal Martin is still toying around with the idea if the invitation does come will he travel or not but it is expected that if Micheál Martin does decide to go to Washington with the bowl of Shamrock it is expected that Joe Biden's team in Washington would expect him to have had his vaccinated and to be fully vaccinated ahead of the trip. So it was interesting to hear uh, um, Killian de Gascoigne coming out yesterday and saying that he absolutely feels that the Taoiseach along with all of the government ministers uh, should get it but it is the optics of it. I think some of the government ministers would worry about if they got vaccinated say ahead of groups uh, groups that are much more vulnerable the the cohort over the age of 70 and people that are suffering from very serious illnesses who literally have been cocooned since March waiting for a vaccine to uh, come. Just on the over 85s getting a call as to when they're going to be uh, vaccinated. Uh, Laura Lee is in Skibbereen. Good morning to you, Laura Lee. Good morning. You're 90 years uh, old. Did you get a call from the GP? Excuse me. Yes, I did. And they said it would be in two weeks. Okay, so you haven't been given a timeline yet. And you haven't given a date, a specific date. No, but I'm, that, that's good enough for, for me, me at okay. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's don't call us, we'll call you and they'll let you know the day you're to go in. Yes. Okay, and do you know if many others, have they done that with everybody in the practice, do you know? I have uh, no idea if anybody else has had a call. Okay. Because most of the people I know are a lot younger than me. Okay, and you will be, you will, whatever day and time they give you, you'll be there at the surgery? Oh, you better believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Well well done. And have you been staying in and kind of shielding and minding yourself? Yes. (laughs) Are you finding. I I have, but I have, I live in a terrace and I have absolutely fabulous neighbours. Brilliant. Yeah. If it wasn't for them, I'd probably be out of my mind by now. So you can't wait to be vaccinated? No. No, no. That's not a Skibbereen accent, Laura Lee. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a US accent. And how long have you been in Skibbereen? Seven years. Seven, okay. And what brought you to Skibbereen? Uh, well, I want to be closer to my son in France. And I can't speak French. <laughs> and I have an Irish passport. Okay. <laughs> and I, I said, I love that name, Skibbereen, and that's on the right coast. 
And you haven't been able to get to France this year, have you? Last no, year? No, I haven't been able to get here either. But thank God for Skype. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And listen, you're, you're, you're in the list to be vaccinated. You'll be one of the first in West Cork to be vaccinated, which is, which is terrific. Listen, good luck with it and thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks for contacting us. So that's good to hear. Some of the GP practices have started to contact people. And as I say, please don't block up the GP practices with calls because they literally are waiting uh, for when they get them in. And as soon as they get them in, that's when they're going to start uh, calling uh, people. So we'll have the over 85s and then it will come down, obviously, I imagine, to the over 80s, the over 75s and the over 70s eventually. And I think it's the end of April before everybody has their first shot and then the plan is that by the end of May uh, everybody in that cohort over the age of 70 should be uh, fully vaccinated but that could change if more vaccines become available and certainly I saw a glimmer of hope from the World Health Organisation they came out yesterday and said the AstraZeneca vaccine it is fine to give to the over 65s. Now, I know in this country, we're still sticking with the over 70s or not to be given the AstraZeneca. But when you get somebody like the World Health Organization saying, no, we think it's OK uh, to give it to the older cohort, one wonders, will the government and Neffet and the decision makers, will they change their mind on that? And will they decide maybe that, yeah, we'll start giving the AstraZeneca because we know there's more AstraZeneca available than we have on Pfizer or Moderna. So I suppose only time will tell. But Anyway, we've got Killian de Gascoigne coming out and saying that all of our, the, the main government ministers, he reckons they all should be vaccinated. They're running the country. They are essential workers and they are essential to the running of the country. And therefore, we need to be keeping them safe. And the only way to keep them safe is to make sure that we give them the vaccine. Now, he did say when he was speaking that it would be the main government that he was talking about. He said not necessarily all the junior ministers are the secretary generals of the uh, department. And I also thought one of the journalists asked Killian de Gascoigne, uh, did he, how did he feel about the Taoiseach going if the Taoiseach decides to go to Washington to see Joe Biden how would he see it and he said to being a diplomat here he was saying he's no strong opinion on whether the Taoiseach should travel to the US or not but he did ask he said if we are deciding who are our key decision makers and we want to keep them safe then he feels that they should be top of the list and all of them should be vaccinated and I also saw a, a survey out showing that three quarters of parents believe that teachers should be moved up the, va- the vaccination priority list because if they were, it would allow schools to reopen quicker. Teachers and other early childcare providers are in cohort 11 of the government's vaccine sequencing plan. And I know teachers themselves would like to be vaccinated quicker and would like to be pushed up that vaccine sequencing list. But interesting from that uh, survey from um, iReach Market Research uh, yesterday showing three quarters of parents said yes, give the teachers the vaccine if it means the school reopening quickly they're all in favour of it Rosa Mayfield has been on looking for help please she's looking for a pattern for the knitting of baby hats for premature babies she knows that you have to do so many rows but she can't find a pattern anywhere anywhere. so any of our knitters out there do you knit the little baby hats that the hospitals require for little prem babies they're tiny weeny weeny little things I didn't even realise there was a pattern uh, for them but obviously there has to be they have to be 
uh, particular size. So does anybody knit those little hats for Prem babies? Would you have a pattern that you could get to us that we could pass on to Rose in Mayfield, please? If you can help us with that, 1850-333-103. We just have to get a report in of a crash at the bottom of the Glen Hill as it meets the Blackpool Bypass. A lorry and a car are involved. Hopefully everybody is okay. And one lane blocked in both directions. So please avoid that's the bottom of Glen Hill as it meets the Blackpool uh, Bypass. Also starting to get some calls in about snowing. Morning Patricia, we are in a winter wonderland in Whelan. Oh, that just sounds gorgeous. No unnecessary journeys today. Only snowman duty and lots of warm cup of coffee. Enjoy. And uh, somebody else says, snowing heavy now in the Bottle Hill Burnford area. Place covered. And that was just in the last 10 to 15 minutes. So keep us updated if you are in a winter wonderland at the moment. 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, many people are saying that this particular lockdown seems to be harder than the previous two, with lots of GP practices uh, seeing an increase in people needing medication for anxiety or for low mood. Lar McCarthy, who delivers fish for his company, the Little Red Fish Company, all over West Cork, has contacted us about what he has noticed uh, locally. Good morning to you, Lar. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome to the programme. Firstly, weather-wise, have you snow in West Cork this morning? Um... No, it's raining heavy, and as as an old man said to me one time, he said, you wouldn't put a fox out of a hen house this morning to so bed. I know, and it's bitterly cold as well, isn't it? It's just, it's very cold. yeah, it's, 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 we were all told to stay at home. Today is the day, really, that you, you don't mind staying at home. Now, you say you are literally seeing the light going out in the eyes of some of the people that you called to uh, when you messaged us uh, yesterday. Explain to us what you're seeing there. Um, I suppose uh, what I do is I deliver seafood, you know, to people around West Cork and I have a lot of customers that I call to and a lot of them would be quite elderly and, you know, a lot of these people at this stage I would call friends and, you know, like, I suppose, you know, some of these people you could call to and, you know, they could start off with an insult in an, you know, in an endearing way. Yeah. And... You know, it's just that bit of spark, that bit of humour, that that light that you see in somebody's eyes. You know, I, I've I've noticed it just it's in a lot of people, especially people living on their own. It's it's gone. It's it's, it's just not there anymore. You know, it's and it's the banter, the the banter you would normally have. The banter, absolutely. I mean, you'd always have a, a chat and and a bit of fun with a customer, like, and you know, you could spend three or four minutes or five minutes chatting to them, but it, it might only be 30 seconds or a minute now. Like, you know, they just... Life has gone out of them. Like, it's it's scary. And do many of the the older people you call to, Lar, are they very fearful of contracting COVID? Very, very fearful. Um, I suppose, you know, my, my run goes from Monday to Friday and, and every day you'd have, you know, people asking you in for a cup of tea or asking you, to, you know, to pop in for a chat and... You know, it, it absolutely, it kills me to say, no, look, I can't do that, unfortunately. You know, because 
you know, I've met people who, who, who haven't seen anybody for three or four days, you know, and all they want is just that human touch, just that, you know, those few words or to hear a story or a joke or something like, you know, and it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terribly inhumane, you know. And before the pandemic, would you have popped in and had a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with somebody? Oh, I would definitely, and then especially you know people living on their own, living on their own, older people. I would, without a doubt, you know, I I would make it my business if they said, "Look, the kettle is on," and you know, even if I didn't want or need tea, I'd still go in just for yeah, the chat. Yeah, yeah. But because you know, of the restrictions now, you can't. Is that is that it? That's that's about the size of it. No, don't get me wrong, Patricia. If if I think somebody is in dire straits, restrictions or no restrictions, you know, I'll I'll go in and I'll sit down with that person and I'll talk and I'll do whatever I can to help that person to get through, you know, because sometimes when we are in a in a, in a hole or in a piss, you know, it just takes a few words to, to get us out of it. So it's very important, you know. And do do you fear that some of them are at the, that they, they could take their own lives, for example? I, I, I had a, a person last September and... This man was an elderly man. He'd lost his wife uh, about three months before. And <clears throat> I called to him on this day and the conversation went very, very kind of deep, I suppose is the word for it. And he said, I don't know, Lara, what's life all about? And then he said, Asher, I give up. And a week later he was dead by suicide, you know. So oh, it, Lara. It, it's, it's, it's terrible. Oh, that's dreadful. That is I just... It, it, after I heard that, and I, I, I wouldn't be a person that would cry too often, Like, but I pulled in on the side of the road and I just cried and cried and I said, you know, that poor man. But it, it triggered something in me to, you know, what can, what can someone like me, somebody who is delivering around rural areas of West Cork, what can I or what can I do for people like this? And... I started searching online and I did find <coughs> a great service being offered there by um, the political party A2 yeah. in Cork. Um, Becky Keeley and uh, Finian Toomey, I think his name is. I think Becky was, I think she ran in Cork. She did, Northwest yeah. She did, yeah. Year, did very well. Yeah. But they have this service that is, it's, it's like a reach out service and they have a telephone number that, you know, if you just need to chat or you know, lay off some steam or if you need something picked up from the shop or anything delivered or prescription picked up, you just ring this number and I'll give you the number in a minute and they will put you in touch with somebody straight away, you know. And I found, I suppose, you know, I, I know there are a lot of organisations dedicated to this, but I find myself that if you pick up the phone and you can talk to somebody who has you know, like the same accent as you or the same, you know, comes from within maybe the same area or near enough, you will open up to this person a lot quicker than maybe somebody from far away. Your own so, your own people. Exactly. So that's why I found this service, to be fair, absolutely brilliant, you know, and, and, and I believe it is going very well now in West Cork and any delivery drivers that I meet, you know, delivering other stuff, I give them this number. I said, look, just ring Finian. And, uh, you know, if he gets a call, he might ring you back and say, look, could you pick up something in Supervalue in Dunmanway for so-and-so up the road if you're passing? So 
So it's a very localised, humane, compassionate service. And you know? in fairness, I also know the Cork County Council, they have their community uh, response. They have a, a free phone number as well and they offer a similar uh, service. Uh, but it's, it's, to, it's to get people to reach out and that can be the difficult part, Lar, is to, to say to somebody, you know, when you're feeling down or if you're stuck for something, uh, it can be something very practical like, you know, I'm out of milk or whatever. It's to get those, the message to those people that there is help there. But I, we see, what I think the key to this is that, you know, we as Irish people, we're, we're a proud nation, we're a proud people because we've come through a lot over the last hundred years. But... And, you know, people, sometimes we all have it, a bit of pride that we don't want people to know our business and we don't want to, like you said, to reach out. But if you know somebody, if you know somebody is struggling, give this number a ring and let him ring that person, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and if they want to talk, well and good. And if they don't, sure, what, what's the price of a phone call if it could help somebody's life? Because I fully believe, you know, a lot of the people that I deliver to, the older people, a lot of them had parents who fought in the Irish War of Independence, okay? Mm-hmm. And those people who did, it, during that time, fight that war, they spent time in prison so that they could pass on freedom to their children. And these children now of those people are in prison in their own homes and they're in prison in their own minds. It's, it's a mental warfare. So... Well, they're, no. they're living in fear of getting COVID and then they yep. also are the generation, Lar, that will abide to the letter of the law by the restrictions. Absolutely. And when they're told they can't visit anybody and can't go into another person's home, they can't go beyond their 5K, they will religiously stick to those rules and regulations. But they the will. downside is it's making them prisoners in their own home. And in their own mind, which is yeah. mental warfare, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the worst of all, you know. Does it bring your own mood down, uh, Lar? It does. It does, because, you know, I, I, I suppose I, I feel when, when you're on the road and you're meeting lots of people every day, you're, you know, you're actually like a psychologist on the move <laughs> because you're hearing people's stories and troubles and you might be passing on some of your own troubles and, and you have this relationship with these people but when you see them going down every week you know when you call to them and you see their their demeanour and their life force fading away it does it does get me hugely to be honest and then you're worried from week to week how are you going to find them the next time you call or whenever you call again it is yeah That that is tough. Uh, Martin in Formoy says, Hi Patricia, listening to your chat with uh, Lar, what a great man. If we had more people like him, the world would be a better place. Uh, Wish him the best of uh, luck. Thank you for that, uh, Martin. And Lar, how is business? Um, I suppose it's like a seesaw. It's it's, it's up and down. It's it's just a case of day to day, you know. You have to respect people's views and you have to respect people's boundaries, you know, if some people don't want you to call, then I respect that and there's a, a lot of new people who do want me to call, you know, we, I, I you know, I go by all the restrictions you know, there's social distancing it's, it's you know, it's, it's very safe it's all done outside, you know as opposed to being inside in a shop, but um, And you deliver, me, you uh, deliver all, what, seafood just right, right, to somebody's door it's a fantastic service it is, it is. It's, it's going back uh, 30 years. Um, I took over the run from somebody in 
2012, and then we had the shop in Bandon, but I kept this service going all the way through. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love it, to be honest. You know, I love meeting people, and uh, I love giving the service, you know. Well done. Well done. Lovely fresh fresh fish out of West Cork. <laughs> Absolutely. Right can, can I give you that number? Uh, please do. Please do, yeah, yeah. Please do. So it, it's an A&2 number. It's 87 248 And... I'm sure if there's people throughout West Cork who, who would want to volunteer as well, you know, maybe to answer the phones for these people, you know, I'm sure they'd appreciate it as well. Yeah. OK, and we'll also throw in the one from Cork County Council because that operates right throughout the county. Uh, 1-800-805-819. Listen, Lar, you stay safe. Look after yourself. Thanks very much, Patricia. And, uh, I appreciate the opportunity well, to talk Well, to we appreciate you contacting us and reaching out as well. Well done. Thanks for that and thanks uh, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Lar McCarthy of the Little Red Fish Company in what he's noticing as he is uh, doing his rounds. Please, we need people to reach out uh, and we need to reach out as well. And I know with restrictions, there would be a time where you'd have neighbours calling in and able to pop in and out of uh, people's houses. But remember, people can operate a social bubble if you could get neighbours to get together and help each other out and you know create their own little social bubble uh, just to help each other and just to be there and just to be at the end of a phone line for people uh, as well but thanks to uh, Lar McCarthy for joining us 1850 uh, 333 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie you're listening to cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed Thank you to the people who reacted to the shout out I gave from Rose in the city who was looking for a knitting pattern to knit the little hats for premature babies for the maternity uh, hospitals. Uh, she knows there's so many rows that you need to put into it but you can't find a pattern anywhere where we've been flooded with people who have sent on patterns. So thank you for that and uh, we have our fill now. Uh, we'll get that organised and we'll get it in the post to uh, Rose. And thank you to, in particular to Deirdre who was on to us to say her mother has four Forty-five sets, which is a blanket and a hat for the little prem babies. She's already donated them to the Cork University Maternity uh, Hospital and Deirdre also provides us with the link that her, her mom uses. So thank you uh, for that. 1850-333-103. Now this week saw the launch of a COVID business aid scheme which will be administered by the Cork City and County Councils. To find out more about the scheme, I'm joined by Cork North Central TD and that's uh, Colin Burke. Uh, good morning you call him? Uh, good morning Patricia. And, and you're, you're welcome. Now it's a 60 million euro fund. Can you explain to us who it's aimed at? Well it's aimed at businesses who were not required to lock down under the COVID restrictions. In other words you're talking about wholesalers, um, suppliers, event companies. So they weren't required to um, lock down as companies but their business would have decreased substantially. So you must show that turnover is down by 75%. Um, it's aimed at around 7,500 small businesses. And, you know, you you know, 60 million, when you... Um, eight, it's a fund of 8,000 per business, 4,000 which would be paid out in the January to March period, and 4,000 in the April to June period. Um, and basically, it's the local authorities that are going to administer it. So, you know, businesses... 
even though they're not trading or their trading is drastically reduced, they still have huge costs like they have insurance costs, they have ongoing maintenance of premises, etc. So they're they're still having to incur and continue to incur expenditure, so they need support. Now, it must be a premises, um, they, they must be in a rateable uh, premises where commercial rates are being paid, um, and I think that's part of the um, scheme as well. Okay, and these would have been businesses that didn't qualify for any of the other schemes that are already in place, is it? Yes, they wouldn't have qualified for the Employment Wage Subsidy Scheme or the COVID Restrictions Support Scheme. So that's my understanding. Um, Now, the COVID uh, Restrictions Support Scheme was very much aimed at businesses who were required to close down um, and they, they can apply to the uh, revenue um, to get support. Um, a company could claim up to 5000 a week, but it's based on turnover. Um, but that's a different scheme. But the one that we announced this week is the COVID business aid scheme, um, and that's aimed at the companies that weren't required to, to lock down but have still suffered a huge drop in turnover and that's basically what the scheme is aimed at. So it's it's money that will keep them going and then when restrictions... Well it's a very small contribution because you know you run any business and as someone who comes from a self-employed background myself there's ongoing costs every day that businesses incur and it's amazing you know even the smallest of places can cost up to 5000 a week to run um, so this is a, just a small contribution but I think it's, a, it's an important contribution to help those businesses and you know there are a number of schemes and there now the, the uh, wage support scheme the employment wage subsidy scheme is still in place so where a company has um, can show that it's uh, income has dropped by 25% um, over a period of time, um, then they can apply for the wage subsidy scheme. So there's a number of different schemes, but they're quite closely monitored by the revenue and in fairness. But they are in, they, in my dealing with the revenue, they have been extremely supportive. And I suppose what we want to do is keep the maximum number of people in employment, but also making sure that we can keep the maximum number of companies open and continue to trade in the long term and hopefully in the not too distant future uh, with the rollout of the vaccine um, we will be able to um, get back into um, normal trading in, in the not too distant future. Okay. I think it's important as well Patricia to realise that you know one of the vaccines that we're hoping will get approval by the end of February is Johnson & Johnson and um, Breen Gray has uh, advised me in a meeting of the health committee that if that gets approval, we could have up to 400,000 of that vaccine available in wow. April. And the advantage of that vaccine, of the Johnson John va- uh, Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and that's not taking from any of the existing vaccines, yeah. is that it's a, one, a one-off vaccine. So, Is it also one that it's easier for GPs to administer? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a fridge temperature. So this was what confirmed to me at the health committee was 400,000 would be available by mid to late April. And that would be a huge number because it's 50% less work in getting it out. We have also AstraZeneca and I suppose the one that I'm really pressing at the moment is um, we cannot, that's now not being rolled out for the over 70s. We're sticking to Moderna and Pfizer for the over 70s. But AstraZeneca, I think it's important. There's two 
cohorts there that we need to go after as well as well as the healthcare workers and people who are uh, caring for older people or people with disabilities. We also need to aim at people who are on dialysis, who are attending um, medical centres or the hospital three times a week, but also people who are on chemo treatment and who are also required to attend hospitals on a regular basis. Yeah, and all those groups of people, they're not even mentioned when you look at the sequencing. No, there are, they, the, all of those groups are in um, the people who are on dialysis, I think, are on um, level seven. And yeah. even people under eight. Very far who, down. And people who are, on, uh, who are under 18 um, and on dialysis are down as far as group 15. So yeah. that's one of the things that I'm pressing the minister on because it's actually quite a small group. It's something slightly over 2,000 people who are on dialysis. So it's a group that we should be able to deal with in a very fast period of time. And I think with AstraZeneca now being available, uh, once we have dealt with the all of the people who are caring for elderly people or home carers or care assistants um, and all of the people who are, uh, work in the hospitals or in nursing homes, we should then look at this issue, especially now that AstraZeneca is um, not being made available to the over 70s because the over 70 um, is now, um, you know, the advice given is that we should confine it to Moderna. And yeah, even the though the World, the World Health Organization came out yesterday and said it is okay for over 65s, you can, can you see the powers that be here changing their mind on that? We could see a change, but as you know, with uh, COVID, it changes by the day. Today, you get a report from the minister and by this time tomorrow morning, it could be out of date. It's just one of those things that's yeah. happening. And our our aim, and in fairness to the aim of all of the people working in the healthcare sector, is to provide the best possible protection um, for those who are vulnerable. But long term, hopefully, in the not too distant future, we will be able to um, provide vaccine for the vast majority of people in the country. Okay, and great from next Monday, the over 85s it's starting to roll out uh, for them. Okay, we leave it there. Uh, Colin, thank you for that. You're very welcome. uh, Thanks for joining us on the programme. That is Cork North Central. Uh, Dole Deputy uh, Colin Burke. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. A lot of uh, commentary coming into us. Martin in Mitchellstown was on to say, I think one of your previous callers was correct in her suggestion that all home helps should be pushed up the list of priority for vaccination. Many of those home helps are going into a variety of different homes and they do it every day. They'll be in one house and then they'll have to go to another house and to another house and to another house. They should be treated the very same way as the nursing home staff when it comes to the rollout of vaccines. I have a funny feeling though and home helps have been mentioned for the AstraZeneca vaccines. If there's any of the home helps listening to us, if you had a call to go and get your injections, I'm sure when the AstraZeneca wasn't available to the over 70s and we knew that the AstraZeneca vaccine had arrived here last weekend uh, into the country and, and I know it's been prioritised for frontline staff who haven't been vaccinated uh, yet but I've, I've a funny feeling that did I hear that home helps are included in that as well if anybody can let us know but yes I think a lot of people are saying that they should have been well up there on the priority list because Martin you're right they are going from house to house to house and they're dealing with very vulnerable people as well. Martin also says I feel the likes of the 
Taoiseach and the ministers should also receive the vaccine as they are around people. They're also making representation on behalf of this uh, country. So I feel they should get the vaccine alongside uh, with the frontline workers. And that was the suggestion that was made by Killian de Gascoigne. He came out yesterday from Neffert and he felt that all of the Taoiseach, the Taunish, all of the government ministers, now he, he, he said he wouldn't go so far as to say all of the junior ministers, but he says all the senior ministers because he said they're essential workers and the work that they're doing in running the country. So Martin in from Moy agreeing with that. And Martin says he's got a friend living in Fermanagh in the north. She received her vaccines. She's had both doses of her vaccine at this stage. Martin says they are way ahead of us in Northern Ireland and that is why deaths and the cases are reducing so much in Northern Ireland. The EU and our government are simply too slow with the rollout of the vaccine when you compare to what's happening in the United Kingdom. And actually, I have to say a number of people are agreeing with that as well. Mavis says I still can't come to terms with the fact that the EU are dictating the amount of vaccines that we get in this country and indeed throughout the bloc. No members appear to have any independence. It's like a dictatorship. Friends and family in the United Kingdom younger than me, said Mavis, have already had their jabs. By the way, with regard to the over 85s, John, who I'm assuming is Mavis's husband, had a call a couple of weeks ago from his doctor stating they'll be contacting him in the next uh, few weeks when his jab is available and they also have already explained to him how it uh, works. And Ursula van der Leyen herself even came out yesterday and was when she was apologising over the triggering of our Article 16. She also said that they've been slow with the rollout of the uh, vaccines. But can I just say, it was a piece that I mentioned last uh, week. While yes, the EU buy in block and then it's handed out to each of their members based on the population base of each country and they feel that that is the fairest way so that everybody proportionately is getting the same amount of vaccine per head of population. It isn't stopping individuals countries from going out and buying their own. It's just that our Irish government have made the decision not to buy extra. We know that Germany were one of the countries certainly that went forward and they bought because countries, other EU countries when they're offered the vaccines, the Moderna one for example is, is one of the more expensive vaccines. So some of the countries within the EU decided not to buy the Moderna one. So when their allocation was available it went back into a central pool and any of the other countries could bid to buy it instead and the Irish government made the decision not uh, to buy extra vaccines but as I say I know Germany uh, did but yes there has been an amount of criticism of the way the EU have operated the rollout of the vaccine I think they're even accepting it uh, themselves and good luck to John uh, Mavis when he gets his vaccination and hopefully you won't be trotting far behind him and you'll be able to get yours and William and Rose in Cove they're also awaiting their vaccines uh, morning Patricia thank you so much for giving us clarity on the topic that is on the minds of everybody over the age of 85, dare I say it's on the minds of everybody over the age of 70, William and Rose. Uh, when will I get a call from my GP? William and Rose are 78 and 89 respectively and they're waiting by the phone for the call. <laughs> That's from William and Rose. Stay safe, William and Rose, and hopefully you, you it won't be too long now until your GP makes contact with you to tell you when to go in to get your injection. Actually, somebody else was on about the rollout 
rollout of the vaccine for the over 70s. A listener uh, says that when the over 70s are contacted by their doctors, according to this texture, when they're contacted by their doctor, they're contacted to register on a link for their vaccine. This listener says, why can't it be done by just calling people into the surgeries? It should be noted that people aged between 60 and 70, many of them do use smartphones, but it isn't everything that they can do on their smartphones. And they don't want to ask anyone else, particularly while they're cocooning. They may not be having anybody else into their homes. Can they just not do it simply? Notify the person of the time and date and then register on the doctor's computer when the person goes in and cut out all the additional hassle for people. Now, I'm unaware of what link this listener is talking about but I imagine because we have the most wonderful GP practices who have fantastic practice nurses and admin staff working in there and they are such an efficient bunch I imagine if that is the case that you somehow have to register electronically on a link I imagine if there is anyone in the over 70s or the over 85 cohorts are going to be the first if anyone is having problems I would 100% say that their doctor and somebody in the doctor's practice will sort it out so I wouldn't be worrying about that if you are asked to register on a link and you're having problems tell them that you're having problems and I bet you that they'll come to your aid and they'll sort it out uh, for you. Staying on vaccines, Patricia, my name is Tom. I work in Bandon. I am a motor mechanic and therefore I'm at work every day because we are deemed essential workers. All throughout all of the pandemic, we have been deemed essential workers. But throughout the pandemic, we're in and out of every car. Surely that is a big risk. I wonder when we will get the vaccine. No doubt the teachers that are all safe at home, they will be the first to uh, get it. Well, yeah, they have this sequencing of, I'm assuming you will fall in under essential worker, Tom, uh, and therefore they will, they're working down through this list of, is it 15 different groups have been identified? Teachers themselves are number 11 in the group, essential workers then after teachers are further down. So you'll be probably in the next cohort after that. How long will you be waiting? It's kind of how long as this piece of string. It's all dependent on how many vaccines we get into the country. But listen, I'm always looking for any bit of positivity and any bit of good news I can find. Listening to Deputy Colin Burke this morning, he's sees great hope from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine which is another of the vaccines that's very close to getting approval and he says when the Johnson & Johnson won if that got the nod in the next couple of weeks he reckons by April we could have 400,000 doses of the Johnson & Johnson and the Johnson & Johnson is one of the ones that we really will be a real game changer because it's one shot so you only have to get it once and then I imagine a week to 10 days after you get the injection you're going to be covered and also it doesn't have to be at the frozen in the minus 70 degrees stored in freezers. It can be kept in the GP's fridge so it's easier for the GP's to administer. So everybody keep an eye out for, and we wait for the news when we hear that Johnson & Johnson get the approval because that would mean there will be many more vaccines available and then Tom you certainly would that list that sequencing list that they're talking about they'll start flying through that as soon as the vaccines arrive in this uh, country. Uh, Martin in Formoy says Patricia snowing mad in Formoy at the moment. It's Baltic cold out there but for Moy is still buzzing lots of traffic lots of people out and about shopping unbelievable says Martin especially when we're told of this deadly virus but I suppose people have to get out and get their shopping in uh, Martin look after yourself stay indoors I wouldn't be heading out in that kind of Baltic weather unless it's absolutely uh, necessary talking of Baltic weather a listener wants to know is there any news on the fuel allowance will it be extended this year because it got extended last year didn't it there has been calls 
from a number of opposition parties and there's also been calls from some charities looking for a two-week extension of the winter fuel allowance but at this stage nothing has been mentioned yet. It did get extended last year and I'm trying to see I think it was around the end it was it was the end of March when the announcement was made and they extended it at that stage by four weeks. Now they did it last year due to the coronavirus was the reason that they gave for the extension of the fuel allowance and of course there continues to be calls for people who are on the PUP payment. They don't get the fuel allowance because of course in order to get the fuel to get a fuel allowance you have to be on the you have to be on an unemployment benefit I think it's for 15 months to be eligible for the winter fuel allowance and obviously anybody on a pop payment wouldn't be on it for uh, 15 months so that call has still gone out for the people on pop payments to get the fuel allowance but yes there's there there are people calling for the fuel allowance to be extended but it hasn't been mentioned yet and if it does get mentioned I have a feeling it'll be a little bit like last year it won't get be get announced until the end of March we will watch it closely for you and if anything breaks we certainly will bring it to you uh, Liam says Morning Patricia Micheál Martin kept airports and ports open yet he won't open the barbers or the hairdressers so you don't need a barber so he doesn't need a barber there's an old saying grass doesn't grow on a busy street nor ba- uh, OK, all right. I don't think, Liam, that that's the reason that Micheál Martin is keeping the barbers and the hairdressers closed. Actually, we are hoping, and I know John Paul is working on it, we're trying to get somebody from the Hairdressing Federation to join us because obviously they were devastated this week when it was Leo Varadkar was asked at one of those press conferences, you know, where they address the media and all sorts of different questions are asked and are raised about the pandemic and he was asked about the opening of hairdressers and barbers and could we expect the hairdressers and barbers to open on the 5th of March and he said no and he said it would be well after the 5th of March and then I thought he made a kind of, now I know he was trying to be light-hearted and jokey, he kind of made a throwaway comment to say like, because he has the inside story and he knows that hairdressers and barbers are not going to open anywhere close to the 5th of March and he's, his own hair needs a bit of a cut. And he said at the press conference that he has online sent away for a pair of hair clippers. And I remember hearing him say it and thinking every hairdresser and barber that is listening to you saying this, uh, Leo, their hearts have just sank because if he's sending off for hair clippers he knows he's not going to be getting a haircut for the next what six to eight weeks so that means hairdressers and barbers that was what I picked up from it so I did kind of think God sometimes our TDs they really need to think and I know he meant it you know in a, in a, in a kind of a jokey way sure look I'm getting the hair clippers I'm going to be cutting my own hair but for people who are at home desperate just to get their businesses back up and running and businesses that the bills are still coming in you know insurance costs still has to be uh, paid there still be even though they won't have full electricity costs but electricity they still have to keep buildings uh, heated you know it's just it's soul destroying soul destroying so we are trying to get on to the Hotels Federation hopefully we'll have something uh, from them uh, during the week uh, or maybe tomorrow even on the programme uh, Stephen says if Micheál Martin does go to Washington people will not listen to the government anymore. Now somebody was on earlier to say that Micheál Martin stated earlier that he has made the decision that he's not going to the US but I checked in with John Paul and John Paul said no he actually heard the Taoiseach speaking earlier on national radio and he said still hasn't a decision still hasn't been made whether he will travel or not and the big reason is that there's been no invitation yet from Washington so they don't know if Joe Biden and the administration 
at the White House will want him to travel because of the pandemic. So decisions have still not been made, but it does tie in if a decision is made and if he does uh, decide to travel, that may be one of the stipulations. Washington may say, OK, if you're going to travel, then you, you need to have all of your vaccinations. So that decision is going to be made fairly quickly to allow the time gap, the, the month between your first shot and your second shot, because we are... Where are we at today? The 11th. So we're five weeks, five weeks away from St. Patrick's Day. So he's going to be getting his his first shot today if he wanted to be covered in time to be able to travel to the uh, States. And uh, Mary says, hi, Patricia, with regard to vaccination, I would be in agreement with that survey that you mentioned that parents, three quarters of parents felt that teachers should be getting the vaccination and the idea being that if you vaccinated the teachers then the teachers could go back into the classroom. Mary's agreeing with that and uh, she says I particularly agree with teachers and people who deal with special needs children as well as the children with special needs. They should all be vaccinated uh, first. Next I would give the vaccination to the Leaving Cert uh, students that surely would get the school system up and uh, running. The only problem is there's no talks of vaccinating anybody under the age of 18 yet. Now some of the Leaving Cert students would already be 18 but all of them wouldn't so I don't know when we're going to get to the stage that we will be vaccinating children at the moment. All of the vaccines are approved for people over the age of 18 Um, and no talks of when there's going to be a vaccine for under the age of uh, 18. And then Dick on something completely different says Patricia have you any idea why it's taking so long to identify the remains that were found in East uh, Cork a number of weeks ago. Remember the remains that were found between Yall and Middleton when they were digging up the the Greenway and the workers there found the uh, remains. I thought says Dick that they were expecting to identify the remains uh, last week. I suppose the reason that there's been no update on it is they haven't been able to identify the remains yet. They were going to, absolutely they were going to DNA and they were looking at at uh, any the database for DNA to see if it was linked into any missing uh, person. And obviously they've come up with a blank so they haven't been able to identify the person. That's the reason why we're hearing nothing, uh, Dick. If anything breaks on that story, though, uh, we certainly will bring it to you. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. A part-time admin officer position available. That's in the North Cork area. While Cronin Electrical, they're looking for qualified electricians and they also have vacancies for a first-year apprentice electrician. Safe pass, manual handling and COVID induction is uh, necessary. St. Joseph's Foundation, they're looking for care assistance for both their day and residential services. While landscaping operative is wanted to work in the Fomoy Middleton area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Some of your comments coming in. Listen, says Patricia, Ireland was offered the leftover vaccines when the UK had all their at-risk group vaccinated, but we refused to accept it. The Irish government were afraid of the EU. I think at the time it had to be checked, would we be allowed 
allowed to accept it because obviously the United Kingdom were outside the EU and we therefore would be accepting I think they called it unauthorised product uh, which made absolutely no sense to me but yes you're right that offer was made by the uh, United Kingdom who are running now I think did I read yesterday 13 million over 13 million people now have been uh, vaccinated in the United Kingdom and another listener says where's it gone Um, hi Patricia this is from Anne Um, I can't understand why people are complaining about how they should be getting the vaccine before other people to me it's coming across as people being very selfish can't they understand that we will all get the vaccine when it becomes available we just have to wait and in the meantime we just have to be careful and we have to keep very safe that's from Anne thank you Anne 1850 and from Anne on text I go to Anne in Sandfield Terrace in Mallow good morning to you Anne Morning, Tricia. Now, um, you you find yourself in a dreadful, dreadful situation. This is to do with people dumping rubbish and rats. Yeah. Tell me what's going it's on. My friend on the top of the road, my friend Sheila, she's only out to bury her husband there a few months ago. And so sad for her. She was crying yesterday to me. She saw a rat. They're dumping bottles, a big box of bottles, uh, skins, ashes, the whole lot. It, it, there was a, an, an MSB pile on there. And they took that away, and there's a big, there's a corner now, you can just throw your rubbish into it. So they're bringing all the rubbish over to her place, and she's afraid of her like the rats. And this is household rubbish? It's house, oh yeah. Ashes and bottles and the whole lot. Now the counts were good before, they'd take them away every week, every weekend, but they're not coming at all now, they're saying they'll come over and they'll help her. They're not helping her at all, poor misfortune. She's in an awful state, she was crying yesterday to me. I just feel so sorry for her. And is there food being dumped there? Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll, see, that'll, that'll attract the rats. That's what she says. She's, I feel so sorry for her, really. She's just done, she's a wit sinned. And it's, it's, it's at the back of her house, is it, or the side of her it's, house? No, you see, you, you, there's a kind of a pathway. You can go to, over to Sean Mines Park that way as well. Okay. And she said, you couldn't walk there, you couldn't, you couldn't walk there with, with all the rubbish. I wouldn't up there for ages, but I said, no, but she said, you couldn't walk there. Unreal altogether. Now, without, so, na- without naming anyone, is it, is it local people? I'd say so, yeah. Oh, for God's sake. I'd say so, yeah. So it's people who don't have bins. and yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it, yeah. yeah. See, I can't understand if you don't have a bin. Now, I know you can drop your rubbish places, uh, but why Why are we not checking into... And there's all small... My friend across the road, now, Paula, she said she went up yesterday to look at it and there's all, you know, small black bags put down there as well. They just walk up and throw down the bag when they're passing. Is and Charmoyne's Park, you see, you can go over that pathway from Charmoyne's Park as well. And I'd say the people over there, I'd say they're, they're disgusted as well with it. But this isn't... This isn't, as well, like. this isn't a new issue. I've, I've, I'm sure I've dealt with this issue before. This isn't something that's just started lately. No, no, no. Stephen Murphy was up during the summer last June. He was up and took photographs as well. So of the Mallow Star, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what what what's the answer? Could they put in CCTV, hidden cameras? and try and put them in the Sunday thing with... I don't know. They're not And how often do the council come up and clean it up? They were very good before, but they're not coming up soft now. Because of the COVID, is COVID, it? COVID, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Ah, but it's just, ah. it's just, and there's a path within, there's a gate between her now and there's a gate and they're throwing the legs in over the gate as well, like. God, some people are just, it's shock. It's disgusting. It's I absolutely it's disgusting. And she's just depressed. I mean, she's only after marrying her husband if she wants to go, like, and she's on her own. It's not fair on her. It's not. She said the smell, the smell is awful. She can't even put her clothes up in the line. You know, it's just awful, especially for her. And to be in fear of rats. The rats, she saw the rat there, like. 
And that's only one, right? Maybe there's a tour three more, I suppose there as well. Oh, listen, we'll get on to the council. Uh, we will, yeah. We'll, no, Charles Manny was very good before Charles Manny and Aidan Weir. Yeah. Because there was, uh, we, we had a passage to Necro place there and they got a gate up for me. I was fighting for two and a half and, and what's her owner, Sherlock, was very good as well. But they're not doing nothing now this time for her. That means it's unreal. I just had pity in her. She, she knows where to turn to. The people need to be caught and they need to be fined. I can't tell her. I can't tell her. He said, I'll send up someone. He'll send up someone. That's no good to her. Okay. All right, Anne. Listen, leave it with us. No problem. Look after yourself. Look look after. Bye bye. Uh, 1850-333-103. How do we get through to people that it isn't acceptable to dump your rubbish in an area that then can attract rats and to allow somebody who's living close to that house to have to, close to where you're dumping your rubbish, they then have to put up with an infestation of rats. How do, how do we get through to the mindset of those people that are dumping the rubbish that that simply is not OK? It is not acceptable in, in any society or at any time. It is just simply not acceptable. And to hear, you know, Anne say bottles, there's bottle banks all over the place where you can put your bottles free of charge, you can dispose of them. So why would you need to be dumping them down beside somebody's house? But to be dumping household rubbish and food waste. I mean, you dump food waste and what do you do? Of course, you're going to attract uh, rats. But of course, you're not dumping it near your own house. So you're fine. You're not going to have the rat infestation. But this poor woman, Anne's friend, is the one who has to live with rats scurrying around uh, her garden. It's just not good enough. If anyone has suggestions on how we get through to the people that do that dumping, you know, I mean, to me, put up the CCTV and name, I, I would name and shame. I literally would name and shame these people. I know people say, oh, with GDPR, you can't show the photographs of anyone. I mean, if you are illegally dumping and illegally dumping in an area like that close to somebody else's house, it's just, it's so wrong. It is so wrong. Anyway, if you have suggestions on how we can sort that one out, let us know. In the meantime, we will get on to... Uh, the council to see if they can at least go up and clean up the area again, again. And what a waste of council's time and money and taxpayers' money having to pay council workers to have to go up and pick up other people's rubbish to make the area clean for that other poor woman who's crying at night because she's afraid to go out in her own garden for fear, afraid to open her back door for fear a rat might running in, run in on top of her. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Going to Bantry, Guard the Station, where I'm joined by Garda Don uh, Davis. Uh, Good morning to you, Dom. Good morning, Patricia. Um, I'm, I'm not too bad. Weather, give me a weather check. What's the weather like in Bantry? Have you any snow? We have no snow. No, it's quite cold and wet. But no, thankfully, we, we avoided all snow, which is great. OK, but it could happen this afternoon, so don't hang in there. <laughs> it might yet arrive. OK, uh, let's uh, take a look firstly on uh, Crime File. There's just one item you want to mention, and this is to do with the theft of a lurcher pup. Uh, again, I suppose, Patricia, look, uh, unfortunately, you know, since the lockdown, families have uh, have craved to have pets and pet dogs. And this is something that, that's too regular. And uh, look, it's important that we just mentioned that. But thankfully, on the positive side of it, crime has really gone uh, through the floor. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. We really do not have much crime. But 
unfortunately, pets and particularly pet dogs are going missing on a regular basis, Patricia. Now, this happened. Uh, there was a huge proliferation during the first lockdown and even into the su- into the summer months. And actually, I only saw on the paper today a family whose two gorgeous Alsatians uh, were recently stolen. It's it, there's almost a suspicion that some of these dogs are stolen to order, Don. Look, they certainly are. And that's because, look, they've gone very expensive and people are unfortunately uh, willing to buy animals that may be not bought from reputable sources. And that's something I might touch on in a minute. So, look, if you give an opportunity to people that are going to be involved in the theft of these animals and, and make it easy to buy off these people, it'll only then, by fact, encourage them to continue taking these dogs. So you need to make sure your dogs are secure at all times? Absolutely. So look, I suppose uh, I'll just go through before I mentioned the the the, uh, the pup that went missing for last week. I might just give a small bit of advice and a little bit of safety in relation to maybe the, the correct procedure or what to do and to keep your animals safe. That's Please okay. do, yeah. I suppose first and foremost anyway is to microchip the pet. Make sure that the pet is microchipped as soon as possible. And very important also in with the microchip is if you happen to move or your details change, make sure that you update the details on that microchip. So you know, we have been quite successful in the theft of animals in recent times and lots of them have been recovered in the UK and brought back. But unless they're microchipped, it's nearly impossible for us to trace them. Okay. Uh, I, I suppose the rest of them are really very common sense stuff. You know, don't tie your pet up while you're shopping. You often see it if you're driving along and you see a, a dog tied up to the, the fence or the post, whatever. Do not tie your dog up while you're going shopping. You have to be responsible for them. Again, social media, it's something that we continually state on the Garda Crime File about. Do not give your details away on social media that you're going on holidays or you're giving your information or where you're going travelling and so on and so forth. Some of these people are very savvy as regards social media and they'll be watching. So don't be giving any strangers your, your, your plans. Uh, don't leave your, your, your pets unattended in cars. Sometimes, again, you'd see that the dogs are left in the cars and the cars are unattended and open. And it's only, again, encouraging someone to have a go and take these animals and lastly I suppose make sure you take pictures of your dogs look everybody loves their pets take plenty of pictures of them just in the off chance that if the dog goes missing that look there, there's there's records of it and pictures of them that, that you've got good clear photographs particularly of, of any identifiable uh, features but even a simple thing you know I've uh, over the years I've heard of people you know just leaving their dog running around a small dog out in the front garden and you know somebody leans in over the fence and boom they're gone you know you, you we've got to the stage that you can't even do that anymore you can't and look it's a sad indictment to society Patricia that we're in at the moment but you know that we have to even protect our, our pets and look obviously pets and, and particularly dogs they love running around it's very difficult to tie them up all the time but we have to be conscious just at the moment in relation to their safety you know to discourage from people from taking them and I suppose look it's a good time as well to, to just inform the listeners of what will you do if your dog has gone missing so again just a couple of simple steps Patricia First and foremost, report it as soon as you possibly can to the Gardaí. Um, we will put it on our system and notify every other garden to be just flagged on our own system. But two, something that you that, that, that people don't generally think about is report it to your local authorities because there is a dog warden in every local authority area and there's a there's a there's a pound of, in each area. So if you notify your local authority and your dog warden and and if your dog is handed into one of these pounds, well at least they'll, they'll be back in touch with you straight away. And again, I suppose, look, while I gave out about social media a few minutes ago, hmm. 
spread the word immediately on social media. It does, it, yeah. They, yeah, yeah they've recovered. And no more near cells in, in, in the radio media. Well, we've had no. a number of dogs who've been found because somebody saw a post up on social media and that dog looks like a dog I saw on social media, scrolls back down, finds it. And so, so dogs have been reunited uh, due to social media. But we also need to stop this market of these dogs. We all have a role to play here. If you are planning on buying a dog... You've got to stop and ask who you're buying the dog from. 100%. You've got to put your hand in your heart. I mean, if, if it's too good to be true, well, it's, there's something wrong with it, you know. And if they're not a reputable um, person that, that deals in, in pets, and there's plenty of reputable people out there, you know, you know in your heart and soul what's right from wrong. And we, if we discourage these people um, from having a market for these dogs, you will discourage them from taking dogs in the first place. But they wouldn't be taking these dogs, Patricia, unless they had a market for them. So that's a very, very valid point. Okay, and it can be just utterly heartbreaking when a much-loved family pet goes missing like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose I look at just perfect timing now just to mention uh, the one that went missing there last Friday, okay? So it was a brown lurcher pup that went missing from the Court McSherry area. So again, this is something for the listeners to be aware of. It was during the day, sometime between 10 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon, and no sign of that pup since. So look, if anyone saw a suspicious anything really in the area that's out of place in, in, a, in a lovely area like Court McSherry where everyone would really know it, everyone down there or everyone would know the cars that moved there. If anybody saw anything suspicious in the Court McSherry area last Friday, sometime between 10 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon, please get in touch with us and we might be able to make a, a family happy again. Was it microchip, do you know? Unfortunately, Patricia, it wasn't. No, you know, oh, that's a pity. Uh, that's a pity. Okay, so keep yeah. a lookout yeah. for that. Um, a young lurcher uh, pup. Now, uh, road uh, safety, Don. Obviously, today we're saying to people, well, we're only meant to make journeys if they're absolutely necessary, but be careful because road conditions with the snow moving in this afternoon it could get a bit tricky in some areas. So uh, be careful. But you particularly want to talk about with the evenings getting longer. There's a there's a bit of a stretch in the evening. There are more people out and about, both walking and cycling. It's just something I was asked to, to, to bring to the listeners' attention. We have gotten numerous reports of people that are out walking, you know, in the rural roads. It's great. The people are out getting exercise. It's fantastic. It's very important for all of our mental health. But we are getting loads of reports that there are people with dark-coloured clothing, people out on bicycles without lights. And look, that's really my message is, look, if we're out there... We are using the public roads in rural where there's no lighting. Will please make yourself as identifiable as possible. Make it easier for oncoming traffic to see you. And I, look, if that message and nothing else got out, Patricia, that's very important. Okay, all right. And uh, more than ever, uh, stay, uh, stay safe. And we remind people, essential journey. You got to stick within your five k. Look, we're nearly there, Patricia. Fingers crossed uh, with the oncoming vaccines and the numbers coming down. Just hang in there. I, look, I know people are at home and, and they're, they're, it's really making difficult. Life, life is really difficult for them. But I think things are getting positive, Patricia. We just need to hang in there for a small while more and normality, please God, will return. OK. All right. Listen, stay safe, uh, Don. Thank you for that. Thank you very and, much. Uh, thank you. And thank you for joining us. That is uh, Garda Don Davis uh, joining us from Bantry at uh, Garda Station. 1850-333-103. After 12, we will be playing another round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. We had a winner yesterday. Could we have another winner today where I will invite one of our listeners to join me on air. You answer three Cork questions in 20 seconds. If you get all three right, you win 103 uh, euro. If you want to take part in today, 
today's round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. I need you to text or WhatsApp now, please, to 0862 103 103. Get your text into us with your name and address, please. And then we will randomly select one of the listeners who contact us. And we'll give you a call back, invite you on air ask you the three uh, cork questions and fingers crossed that you'll have all three answers and we'll be sending you 103 euro that's Ken's Pure Cork Quiz you can listen on your phone your smart speaker and on your radio to win here on C103 if you are a soccer fan don't forget to join Trevor Walsh on C103.ie this coming Saturday for the Premier League live exclusively online powered by Talk Sport this Saturday it's Leicester versus Liverpool that's at 12.30 Crystal Palace versus Burnley three in the afternoon then at half past five it's Manchester City taking on Tottenham Hotspur and then at eight o'clock it is Brighton versus Aston Villa that's the Premier League live online with Now TV stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sports on Now TV Sports Extra Pass live Saturdays on the C103 app or you can go to c103.ie John Paul taking your calls at 1850 We were talking about the theft of dogs with Gartha Don Davis in Bantry and he was talking about how expensive dogs have become and this is something that has really increased in price since the pandemic and it's got a lot to do with people who are at home more, either people who have lost their jobs or people who are working from home uh, have seen the pandemic as an opportunity to take to take on a dog because they're at home all the time and good idea to get a puppy into the household and of course it's great for exercise it's great to get people out and about so a lot more people who never had dogs before suddenly are finding themselves as pet owners but what did that do when people went to buy pets they I went to buy dogs they the breeders uh, saw that oh suddenly there's a big increase here we can put up the prices and some of the prices are crazy somebody has just sent in and I'd love somebody to confirm if this is true 1500 euro for a cockapoo pup isn't that incredible 1500 euro now I don't know how much normally cockapoo pups are but I'll try and find out later on because I have a family member who a couple of years ago bought a cockapoo and they're gorgeous looking dogs and uh, they were crossed between a poodle and a cocker spaniel and they're they're beautiful I mean they really are gorgeous dogs but 1500 euro don't know if I could justify paying that for a puppy I do have a firm belief though if you want to if you find that you are in need of a dog there is nothing like rehoming a dog and there are so many animal charities out there that have the most gorgeous dogs that need rehoming and just need a second chance and you talk to anyone who took on a rescued dog and they will tell you it's almost like the dog knows this is my second chance and you just hear the most wonderful stories from people who have rescued animals so please do bear that in mind you'll be saving yourself uh, 1500 euro as well going out to buy a pup but are they that expensive that just seems like an incredible sum of money for a little family pet. Uh, 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls talking to pets Jane Pickett, our resident vet, joins us after half past 12 today, it being a Thursday. So if you have a pet question for Jane, you can get it into us or you can text her WhatsApp your pet questions to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. 
You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We were talking about dogs, dogs going missing and the price of dogs in the last hour. Uh, Texter says, hi Patricia, we've been looking to buy a Cavishan, which is a crossbreed uh, dog. We've been looking for one for the last year. Price we were given for a man in North Cork a few weeks ago was €1,800 crazy money. So I'm assuming you didn't buy the Cavishan from the man in North Cork. And then Anne said when I mentioned about rehoming dogs and that's, you know, if people want a dog, consider rehoming one. Uh, Anne says we would love to rehome a dog but they are, the animal charities that work with rehoming are so strict. For example they demand that the dog must sleep inside. We have a Jack Russell who sleeps in a cosy kennel at our back door and we have another kennel waiting for another dog but they will not entertain us, says Anne, because you have to to agree to have the dog sleeping inside. 1850 Can I just stay on dogs but a slightly different issue for a moment because we were discussing attacks on livestock by dogs with the IFA earlier this week and John in Carrick Tool contacted us with his own personal story of dogs attacking his uh, sheep. Good afternoon to you John. Hi, Patricia. Uh, where did your dog attacks, these, these attacks on your sheep, when and where did these did it happen? It's, it's happening all, always over the weekends, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, in the Corrow Wood. It's on the Lisgool Road out of Middleton. There's a big walking wood there, and there's about 100 people walking every weekend there. Um, and sometimes you'd have 100 on the one day with the COVID. Everybody's walking their dogs, and they think once they're in the wood, they can leave the dogs loose. But the farmland is only about 50 metres from the footpath and the walkers through the wood and uh, they leave their dogs off and we've been on to the police and we've been on to the dog wardens and you have to find the person with the dog and get their car numbers and registration numbers and everything like that. And we've had uh, about six incidents now of dogs hunting the sheep. One of the sheep was hunted down over the wall into the wood. There's a six-foot wall all around the wood with a few streams coming down onto it and the dogs run up where the streams are and they hunt the sheep above. Oh, and are the, are the owners unaware of what the dogs are doing? I would think that the owners let them off in the wood and they just think they're hunting rabbits around the wood and they're outside in the field and they're rounding up the sheep and uh, and the sheep are heavy in lamb at the moment and one of them had uh, had lost her lambs the um, night before last. She was very sick for the last week. She was hunted about a week, two weeks ago in the in the wood and hunted down over the wall and we had to take the sheep out of it. And they're such a nervous little so animal. Yeah. You know, these sheep now have been reared. Um, we've been breeding uh, sheep for multiples for years so they'd be very quiet. You can walk up to them in the field. I know. But when they get hunted and hunted we've had to take them out of it now at this stage. But um, we would ask people to use a lead even if there's a 30 foot lead get a long lead but not to let the dogs. And the smallest dogs do the worst damage because they're going underneath the sheep and catch them by the front legs and by the muscles in the oh front legs. Oh, God, right. And, and, and uh, they can really, when when dogs, they can get frenzied, can't they, when they start attacking sheep? Lock, the, the dog locks on to the sheep. There's nature for a dog to hunt sheep. And um, the sheep can't carry lambs anymore after that once she gets bitten in the front legs. They bite the muscles and so forth. I have pictures here of sheep with blood all over their heads and everything. Like that. They're gruesome. And we have to go down then. I had to go down that night at half past ten at night and walk the wood and find the sheep in the wood. 
And you see, people believe, oh, sure, my lovely little Fido or Rover wouldn't yeah, touch, wouldn't enough, no, touch two anything. Terriers. One of them was um, kind of yellowish, and um, total buys on a bicycle thought they were rounding up the sheep. God almighty. And, uh, the, so the, what, uh, have you, d- d- did John Paul tell me it's got so bad you've moved your sheep away from the area? Well, we have to take the sheep, but we can't graze that area anymore with the COVID because there's too many people walking with woods. So you don't mind people walking and bringing their dogs out, but have your we dog on a lead. Look, we keep dogs ourselves. We keep sheep dogs, but they have to be kept under control. And the furthermore, if you have insurance on your dog and you leave your dog loose, your insurance company won't cover you. Yeah. We had a £23,000 claim, gone back a few years, and um, they were lucky the dog broke out. But if, um, if you leave your dog loose, your insurance is not in void. Unless you're with, uh, unless the dog is um, a hunting dog or something like that, that are specifically insured for that, they'd be covered in. But otherwise, but your ordinary pet wouldn't. So it's yeah. it's Curra Woods outside of Middleton. Curra Woods outside Middleton, and there's another wood, Mallog in, in Cove, and we have similar there. Dan, uh, one of our listeners is saying that uh, you, John, you've every right to shoot a dog that comes onto your land chasing sheep. Have you ever had to shoot a dog? shot many dogs over the years but it's very difficult to you can't stay there all day yeah. and it could happen during the day and so forth like that and the, the sheep are no problem at night because there's nobody in the wood at night yeah it's literally it's the, and, uh, so this isn't this isn't dogs roaming unaccompanied by owners you're saying these no, are people the who are bringing their dogs with them to get their dogs out for a bit of exercise and leaving the dogs one in the wood they think that they think that the wood is safe for the dogs but they don't realise how near the sheep are the sheep are only 50 metres from the passage Okay, that's just shameful. So please, anybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone who walks in Cora Woods, please take note. You can bring yeah, your dog, but have him on a lead, please. If they see somebody with the dogs that are not on a lead, send the registration number of their vehicle if they can to the guard station and they will follow it up. Okay. But All right. need registration numbers of the owners of the car. You needn't approach them at all because I've approached a few of them and I get abuse back. And um, I, what I do now is I just Click your photograph of the car or the registration number and um, let the police deal with it and they will, in all fairness, they will deal once they get any lead, they will follow it up. And you got abuse for what? For pointing out that the dog wasn't on a lead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my dog wouldn't hunt anything. Yeah. That's uh, abuse to get back and there's uh, no point in trying to argue with somebody no. that they can't understand. No. Okay, listen, you mind yourself, John. Thank, Thank you, you for that. Much. And uh, thanks for highlighting it. Um, uh, in Curra Woods, please bring your dogs by all means, but just have them on a lead. And thank you to some people who are giving us weather updates. Charlie in Whelan said they've got a half an inch of snow now in Whelan. And Connor, who's listening to us in Thurless, said they're snowed under in Thurless this morning so there does seem to be some areas that are getting a fine I'd say more than a dusting of snow by that and remember it's from about one o'clock onwards they reckon that there's a band of snow uh, coming in so just because you've escaped this morning does not mean that the snow has uh, gone away it hasn't. Now a listener said that they were reading an article in the Southern Star newspaper about the prices going up at civic immunity sites. A listener said is it true that prices are going up three euro to ten euro and for recycling it's five euro a bag 
flag, does that apply to all civic immunity sites? So we addressed this issue last month, back around the middle of January. We were getting rumours that civic immunity costs were going up. And of course, a lot of people were saying, oh, please don't put up the cost of civic immunity sites because that would just lead to more dumping. So we got on to some councillors. They were bringing it up at a council meeting and it was deferred then, I thought, until a decision would be made because it was meant to go up on the 1st of February. I think it was deferred until the 1st of March. But I just see, just while the news was on there when that text came in, I've just done a search online and this is Sean O'Reardon writing in the examiner last Monday that I'm assuming was after the council meeting on Monday to say that there there has been, uh, it's been passed and increased charges to be levied on all vehicles entering major recycling centres in County Cork and further price hikes could be in the offing for the disposal of specific types of waste. Now, Sean's article doesn't get into what other charges are coming in, but the entry fee for cars going into a civic amenity site will go from €3 to €4. And they're also talking about increasing charges for the acceptance of specific goods such as armchairs, three-piece suites and mattresses. Now, seemingly there was a lengthy debate ensued between the uh, councillors, but the the council officials say, look, we, we don't have... We don't have any choice on this. The County Council are trying to tackle a €3 million in loss accrued annually in operating civic immunity sites and they have to try to make up that loss. So it went to a council vote and councillors eventually voted 26 to 14 in favour of a €1 additional charge to get into the civic community site so it goes from three euro to four euro and now I've got John Paul uh, checking it out to see is that do I take it that that's is that from the first of March uh, usually they announce these things and it comes in within the coming weeks but as to how much the other charges are I don't know but this listener is reading it from the Southern Star so is it an ad in the Southern Star so the three euro to four euro to go in but this listener is pointing out to bags of rubbish uh, going from €3 euro to €10 euro, and if you're bringing a bag of recycled items, €5. Euro, that's going to make it quite expensive for people. And dare I say, if you increase the charges too much, will people then instead, these are the proper people who are responsible who don't have bin collection and they bring their rubbish to the civic community site will it mean that they'll find a private operator because I take it a private operator might be able to I don't know but will a private operator be able to charge less than those if those actual charges are right. Anyway, leave it with us and if we don't get to it, uh, if we don't get an answer today, I'll certainly bring it back up tomorrow and it's coincidentally that coincidental that that should come in when we're talking about, we were talking about illegal dumping earlier and Anne telling us about the story in Mallow and the housing estate people dumping their rubbish and the woman with rats at the back of her house because of people dumping their household rubbish. Somebody said, if I found out who was dumping the rubbish, do you know what I'd do since this texture? I'd take it back to their front garden and I'd dump it back into their garden instead. Oh, do you want to be very brave? I'd, I'd love to be able to be that brave to do that. But, you know, but then you have to make sure that you are clearly identifying the person that's dumped the rubbish to make sure that you're not putting it in somebody else's garden who maybe didn't dump it at all. On the reopening of schools. Hi, Patricia, hope you are well. The problem I have with schools reopening 
opening, nothing to do with the children going into the classroom. It's to do with the parents. When the parents are dropping their children off to school and again in the evening time, they seem to gather in huge groups, all standing around having a chat. This chat can go on for anything up to half an hour, either after the kids are gone in in the morning and the same thing happens in the evening, waiting for them to come out. No vaccines will help with the likes of them. So people congregating outside of schools, somebody saying when schools, not if, when schools reopen. Somebody wants the congregating outside schools to uh, stop. We have had others complain about that. I have to say we have had other parents when the schools were open saying that there are some parents who gather in groups and I suppose it's got a lot to do with people out and out and about. So any opportunity that you have to meet up with somebody, people are having the chats and the bands. But if you're doing that, you need to socially distance, you need to get the two weeks apart and you should be wearing masks. And that's not always happening outside of schools, uh, for sure. And Mary says, Patricia, you were talking about vaccines for the over 85s. I have an 85-year-old aunt with dementia. She lives on her own. I'm wondering how will she be notified of the date of her vaccine? Thanking you, says Mary. Well, I'm assuming your aunt is in contact with the GP, Mary, and goes to all other hospital appointments and medical appointments so I'm assuming her GP will still contact her the way the GP normally contacts her and is there a carer involved I know she's living living on her own but I'm assuming that there's some carers involved people calling to the house people you know getting messages for her etc so I'm assuming a carer will get involved in that but certainly her own GP because it's the individual GPs they know their patients they know the patients who are most vulnerable they also have identified the, the patients who may not be able to or housebound and GPs are already working on plans to get around that if somebody physically can't come to the surgery so uh, Mary I imagine your aunt's GP will be well up to speed on what's going on in your aunt's life and, and we'll look after 1853 John Paul text your course text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme If you or anyone you know needs help in accessing non-emergency and non-medical supports or advice see corkcoco.ie The centenary commemoration of the Clon Mult Ambush will be available to view online on the YouTube channel Clon Mult Ambush site are on their Facebook page. It's to honour all those in the local area who fought and subsequently died as a result of the Clonmult ambush. All those in the local and wider community are being asked to fly the tricolour on Saturday the 20th and Sunday the 21st of February and to do it as a mark of respect. And another ambush will be commemorated this weekend and it's the Mornabi community. They're commemorating the centenary of the ambush in Mornabi on this coming weekend. They're asking people to have a lighted candle in the window of every house in the parish. Now a wreath will be laid at the War of Independence monument and the national flag will be at half-mast from February on February the 13th, 14th and 15th. And the Heritage Association are also this weekend publishing their book the story of the Moore Abbey ambush and that will also be published this weekend. Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And Dennis on the charges going up at the civic amenity site said surely the price increase will only lead to more fly tipping. Therefore the extra money that they will manage to collect at the civic amenity site will then have to be used to collect 
and clean up the fly tipping. So why put up the cost in the first uh, place? Uh, a lot of people really, really not happy with that at all. 1850-333-103. To celebrate our brand new breakfast show, we're giving away thousands of euro on C103. Whatever it and um, we literally have thousands uh, to uh, give away. Uh, you come on air, you answer three questions, all to do with Cork. If you get them right in 20 seconds, you win for yourself €103. Euro. We are going to Yall, where Mary Birch joins me. Good afternoon to you, Mary. Good afternoon, Patricia. Have you any snow in Yall today? No, Patricia, it's just very wet and slushy, kind is, of sleet on and off. Yeah, and the thing is, even if it does snow now because the ground is so wet, don't think it's going to land. No, I don't think so. I think it's too wet, actually, unless it freezes tonight. But uh, And it is bitterly cold out there. Very cold, an awful wind here. OK, so you're staying indoors and keeping warm. I am, OK, yeah. and you're going to play Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. Are you ready to go? I am Patricia. Okay, here we go. Are you ready for it? Three, two, one. The class ticket. Cork was European capital of culture in 2005 or 2015? 2005. Pull like a dog is the famous phrase from which Cork brothers? Oh, the, um, the rowing brothers. I know, what's their names? Oh, um... Uh, time is up, time is up. It's the O'Donovans, Carrie and Paul. Ah, uh, listen, and you were right on the first one, yeah, the European City of Culture is 2005. And I knew it was the, the Rowing Brothers. I know, names, oh, I know. Yeah. Hard, hard to think on the spot when the clock is ticking. Look, look yeah. you can try again another day, Mary, would you? Okay. Okay, That's, listen, you mind yourself. Again. No problem. Stay warm, that is uh, Mary Birch uh, joining us in Yall. There will be another round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz this afternoon with Nick and then Martina plays a final round today and then we do it all over again tomorrow with uh, Ken himself playing two rounds 20 past 7 and at 20 past 8 I'll do it again tomorrow so will Nick and so will Martina we're playing Monday to Friday Ken's Pure Cork Quiz your chance to win in a share of thousands of euro that we're giving away by winning 103 uh, euro and it's to celebrate our brand new breakfast show with uh, Ken Tobin so tune in again this afternoon with Nick you might be lucky enough to win some money by the way get your pet questions into us please because Jane Pickett our resident vet is going to be joining us in in a couple of minutes if there's something wrong with one of the animals in your house uh, contact us please 1850 now some of your uh, texts and calls into the programme Martin in uh, West Cork was listening to Lar who delivers uh, gorgeous fresh seafood produce all over West Cork and he was talking to us um, about how he's seen the spark going out of people and it's really upsetting and worrying him to the point that he he contacted us to say look can you raise it as an issue to try to get it through to people that if you are feeling down if you are feeling low and this lockdown is getting to everyone to try to reach out that you know help is available and there are lots of people uh, who will be only too willing uh, to try to help you and and Martin listened with interest to Lara on the programme speaking in particular about the older folk suffering with isolation and uh, loneliness Martin says there are some people who can survive it can 
can survive very comfortably on their own. Yeah, absolutely. There are people who love and enjoy their own company. Some older folk, though, may need medical assistance to cope and they should do so without feeling any kind of embarrassment. After all, there are 450,000 people on medicine for low mood, according to the AWARE website. From experience, says Martin, and all going well, thank God, medication can improve low mood to mental contentment in three to four weeks. Uh, You've just got to be patient with the medicine. Talk therapy, though, says Martin, really is the key. Stay well, uh, Martin, and thank you for uh, that. Oh, my goodness. I've just clicked on something I shouldn't have clicked on. Um, And thank you. I can see why somebody sent me in a photograph of... um, damage done to um, after a dog attack on sheep and I just clicked on it oh horrific absolutely horrific please Uh, people just need to be so responsible when it comes to and when we've been talking about responsible pet ownership when it comes to cleaning up your dog poo and we know that people need to be doing that but my god this is just in in a completely different league altogether please if you're bringing your dogs out for a run and it's lovely to bring your dogs out for a run and it's lovely if you've got a wooded area or you've got any kind of nice fields around you where you can run you can let your dogs run just be mindful and be careful that there's not sheep in the area, particularly this time of year because they're heavy in lamb and they're such timid animals as well. And none of us would like to think that are much. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Loved Rover. Could do anything like that photograph that I just saw of a poor old sheep have after an attack. It's just dreadful, dreadful. And says uh, what John described in Carrick Tuhill that he was talking about at, uh, what did he say, Cora uh, Woods. She said very something is happening in Mushra between McCroom and Mill Street and said she actually witnessed a sheep being attacked in a farmer's shed. She said the poor sheep was on its own being attacked by a dog and that's a, that's a, that's something that is really, really difficult uh, to watch uh, for sure. And just actually on dog fouling because that was an issue that came up yesterday and my apologies to people. A lot of people had sent in WhatsApps and just for some reason they, it just wasn't working properly and just at the close of the programme 
the WhatsApp machine nearly blew up with the amount of texts that have been coming in throughout the morning so I didn't get a chance to look at them but as we always promise we do read all of the commentary that comes in after uh, the show if we don't get to it on air but just some of the reaction yesterday whenever we do dog fouling we always get a huge reaction this was just a sample of some of the comments that I didn't get to uh, yesterday uh, what about people in wheelchairs says a texture. my husband is an amputee and he is sick to the teeth of rolling into dog's poo when he's out and about if you're in a wheelchair you simply can't escape it some people are simply so selfish and so immature i.e. as the person who texted you yesterday wasn't it Pat who feels it is against your rights to be forced to clean up your own dog poo dog fouling and uh, between dog fouling and very very bad footpaths wheelchair users really are up against it says this texter you can't get onto a footpath and then you can't get off it there are so many barriers and people in wheelchairs are trying to lead as independent a life as possible and we we just seem to be putting too many barriers in their way but dog fouling is one that we could remove if people were a bit more uh, responsible Mary says just to comment on the listener who objects to picking up his own dog poo and feels nobody else should be doing it on the grounds that it's dangerous and it carries disease well so does the poo that babies produce or if they get sick when they have a tummy bug but we still have to clean up after them. Gloves, antibacterial soap and water and a good nail brush. It works wonders. Kind regards, says uh, Mary. Thanks, Mary. And says Patricia, something needs to be done with the dog fouling. It's worse since lockdown. I walk my dogs every day and I am disgusted with it. And also with all of the face masks that are thrown all over the place. When are people going to cop on? Someone else was given out about the village of Drumahan. People don't seem to care. Footpath, particularly outside, they, they, they allow their dogs to foul outside people's homes. It is disgraceful. And this listener has noticed that people walk their dogs at night in the hope that nobody will see what their dogs are getting up to. And then they walk away without uh, cleaning it up. And Audrey said, I walked from Collins Barracks to Dillon's Cross and I counted six loads of dog poo on that small stretch of footpath. It is disgusting. You have to keep your head down all the time. Why? In case you walk into it. Please, people, pick up after your uh, dogs. And then somebody has been on to us to say... Hi Patricia, somebody put a GAA raffle ticket into our letterbox this week. It is for some kind of a county draw. I would like to know, do the GAA consider this practice essential travel during Level 5 lockdown? Thanking you, uh, Patricia. We or well, we had somebody the other day that they had a ring at the doorbell. They had somebody actually come to try to sell them uh, a raffle ticket for to some kind of a draw from the GAA. I don't know if it was the same draw or not, but this one was just pushed through the letter box. They could be doing it though within their five k if they distribute enough tickets and say to people when you're out having your exercise, could that be? Would it be deemed essential? I don't know. I'm thinking out loud now, so I just don't know. Is that irking other people? The GAA will say, look, we have to run these draws. We have to try to make money to keep our association going. And rather than call door to door, maybe the safest way is to just pop it through the letterbox. And if you want to sign up, uh, you uh, can. And then on off-licences, Patricia, can you tell me please why, oh why, oh why are off-licences allowed to stay open? Surely they are not essential. If they were closed, wouldn't it solve the problem of house parties? Also, the alcohol section in supermarkets, surely that is not essential either. Does anybody ever 
actually ask the powers that be why they are not uh, closed. I heard a really good explanation as to why they're not uh, closed. This isn't official enough from the government or whatever, but I heard somebody uh, talking about this on radio and on national radio and they were asked about off licences and how can you deem alcohol uh, essential uh, and yet you can close another type of a shop and say that that's not essential but yet alcohol is deemed essential if you're allowing it to open. And somebody was making the point, the amount of money and excise duty and taxes and VAT that is made on every single bottle of beer, bottle of wine, bottle of whiskey. Huge amount of money goes into the exchequer from the sale of alcohol, be it when the wet pubs were open or be it from the off-licence. So if you were in the morning to close all of the off-licences and just say, right, that's it. We're going to introduce prohibition. We're going to allow no alcohol to go on sale in this country. The amount of money that will be lost to the exchequer would be phenomenal. So the theory being, is that one of the reasons that the off-licences are allowed to remain open? Ponder on that one. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. In particular, we are looking for your pet questions, please, because Jane Pickett, our resident vet, joining us after these. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mystery Veterinary Group, uh, joining us on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. Have you snow in Newmarket? We have a little bit, a light flurry, but it's not sticking to the ground for the meantime. <laughs> Everyone's saying the same thing. Everyone's saying the same thing. Yeah. OK, let's get straight into questions. Could I have some advice, please, from uh, Jane? Uh, we are thinking of getting a Cavishan pup. Uh, does Jane think that they make a good house pet? I had a Springer Spaniel for 15 uh, years and she was just beautiful, but unfortunately I had to put her down due to health reasons and we're now thinking of a Cavishan. What would be Jane's advice about that particular breed? Okay, so uh, Cavachons are a mix between Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and Bichon Frises. So they're small dogs. They can sometimes be quite fluffy. Um, So really, when you have, let's say, a crossbreed dog, you have a little bit of both personalities. So um, Cavaliers are classically quite soft, friendly dogs. They make good family pets generally. Bichons can, they can be opinionated, sometimes quite vocal (laughs) at times, and they do require a good deal of grooming. The one thing I would say about a Cavachon is one major consideration be making sure you can commit to, let's say, getting them groomed multiple times a year and in between times being able to brush out their coat because it kind of has a little bit of a, a curl to it and quite fluffy and can, it can get matted quite easily. So just take that into consideration. It would be, let's say, as low maintenance as the, the hair on a Jack Russell or a Greyhound, something like that. Um, they do make lovely pets, but what I would say is they are still requiring quite a lot of activity. They're energetic little dogs, so they are. So they'll still need multiple walks per day, lots of play at home, lots of mental stimulation. So they are quite smart little dogs. Um, but certainly they do make, they do generally make good pets. But I think dogs are are a product of their environment. So you need to be able to just commit to make sure that you provide them with a nice stable routine to make sure that they know what's going on and when. 
and they can relax. Uh, good diet, provision of veterinary care, lots of preventative treatments, so free worm vaccination and make sure you can provide for all of that. And of course, a certain amount of training when they arrive to you. So really putting in that groundwork with making sure they have uh, an understanding of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate in the home environment. Um, so just being able to, let's say, sit, stay, walk on a lead, behave, let's say, nicely with all members of the family um, is really, really important. But I, I think certainly they do make a nice pet, but don't underestimate their hair care and their requirement for activity. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but we've been talking how it came up was we were talking about the dogs are still being stolen during the pandemic. And then that then led to how expensive dogs have become because of the pandemic. And a listener, funnily enough, talking about a Cavishan, went to buy a Cavishan and has just been quoted €1,800 for a pup and somebody else went to buy a cockapoo and has been quoted 1500 Are they that expensive? They are at the moment. I suppose it is supply and demand. But one thing I would say, Patricia, is I suppose our concern as members of the veterinary profession is that a lot of people are getting lockdown puppies. Now, I understand people would like some companionship and they feel they have a lot of time to devote to it at the moment. But really, when we all go back to normal life, please God, after this is all over, you need to think about how that animal is going to fit into your normal daily situation, whether you're out at work for most of the day or, you know, there's not as much time for walking. So you might need a more sedentary pet that might not require as much activity. But the really important thing is there's a lot of talk at the moment about the price of pups elevating and really as I say it's supply and demand but a really important thing to think about when you're getting a puppy is you're not just forking out for the the 1800 or 2000 that you're paying for the pup you're making a commitment to provide for its care be that a high quality diet and veterinary care and routine preventative treatments and god forbid should something go wrong or they had an illness that was long term or they got hit by a car or a big accident happened you're committing to the cost of being able to to help that animal and be responsible for it in exactly the same way that you do a child so it's really important to to budget when you do get that pet first so it's not just that large sum of money that you're forking out at the start it's budgeting for their lifestyle so some people do that by putting a little bit into a bank account every week for a rainy day fund some people do it by let's say pet insurance and that's what we generally recommend so I think it's not just how they fit into your lifestyle at the moment think about the long term because we're really concerned that we're going to end up with a situation with a lot of dogs that after the lockdown is finished they're not going to fit into people's lifestyle and they'll end up being surrendered or end up in situations that are not so ideal so we might have a bit of a an epidemic of the displaced dog I I think you're right okay and then a listener has an eight month old puppy uh, that uh, she describes as having a strange coughing, hacking sound. More prominent when walking, when the dog gets exerted. Uh, it's not as noticeable when they're at home and the dog is calm and all of that. Uh, the listener said it sounds a little bit kind of like a hooping cough sound, should she be concerned, okay. but only on exertion. Okay, that's interesting. I would wonder if this dog is wearing a collar and a lead when it's having these episodes. Um, that would be an interesting thing to know. I think if it's a change for your pet and it certainly sounds like it's not something they're doing all of the time or haven't done historically, then I would definitely get it checked out. It might be something simple 
um, it might just be a little infection or sometimes particularly in older pets if they have a collar and lead on and there's a little bit of pressure on their on their their neck and they they get very excited like my own dog Sally pulls on the lead quite a lot and she's an older terrier sometimes we have changes in how our, our windpipe is made up so how how flexible it is over time so sometimes if we get really excited and the lead pulls against the neck it can cause the windpipe to become a little bit irritated and that can cause a kind of a whooping cough like this a really harsh hacking cough um what i would say is it's really worth getting it checked out by your vet have a chat with them and they'll also want to talk to you about when it happens what's happening when it happens and it sounds like it's exercise dependent um it could be that let's say it might be an early indicator of a heart issue or a lung issue that might be dealing with so i think definitely right to be concerned um visit your vet and get a full assessment hi uh we got a new puppy one week old says this listener he wakes crying every night uh usually during the early hours of the morning it's like he's in a bit of a panic what can I do for, do for him? He's surrounded by lots of cuddly toys, teddy bears, and I have my T-shirt in his bed. So he has the scent of me when he's in his bed. But he seems to wake up um, crying early hours of the morning in a bit of a panic. Mm-hmm. OK, well, first of all, congratulations, congratulations on the new arrival. I'm sure it's a time of great excitement in the household with the new puppy. Um, it sounds like this listener is actually doing a lot of good things, making sure there's lots of, let's say, soft, uh, fluffy toys in there. So, so that kind of gives them the feeling that there's things around them like they would have had with their mum and their litter. So it's a little bit of normality for them when they've changed, changed environment and put the, the smell of somebody they trust in with them as well. So the owner's T-shirt is a really good thing to do. Um, sometimes they like a little bit of heat. Um, so sometimes just, let's say, a lukewarm hot bottle. So you need to be really quite careful not to put anything um, too hot and make sure it's really secure and if let's say if it were to burst it wouldn't burn the pet or there are even heat pads that you can get specifically for animals sometimes that helps if they have something to snuggle into other things that are useful are making sure that they get taken out to pee very very last thing at night because sometimes some of them are so good that they won't want to soil in their crate because it's their den they want to keep it clean understandably and that's exactly the kind of behavior we want to encourage in them and they might be let's say waking up and and howling wanting to go out to pee or wanting to pee in their usual place. So what I would say is once upon a time, we used to say, oh, you know, leave them to self-soothe. They'll, they'll, they'll sort themselves out. But really, realistically, the current wisdom is that, you know, we need to be that responsible person that they trust um, and that they kind of derive safety from. So if you do hear them crying overnight until they settle, you want them to feel safe and secure in the home environment. So do go down, do soothe them, do make sure they're okay. Do make sure they don't need to pee or poo outside and then leave them to settle again. So they do need a certain amount of soothing just for their psychological development. Um, But I think it certainly sounds like our owner is really committed and on the right track. Just stick with it. Make sure they've had plenty of time to do their pees and poos. Maybe make there something nice and warm to snuggle into. Um, And I'm sure they will settle. It's just a big change in environment. But don't bring them up to the bed. No, <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> okay, people now are looking for advice on breeds of dogs. Somebody wants to know a King Charles. Do they require a lot of exercise? A King Charles, they a moderate amount of exercise. I suppose a lot of these, um, let's say, if they're a young active pet, they'll all require walks in the day. You know, they'll all require at least half an hour walk twice a day as an adult dog. That's a lot less when they're puppies and they're developing just for the sake of their bones to make sure that we're not overdoing their activity. But certainly, let's say when they when they reach six months and above, they definitely need two good walks a day. 
Um, King Charles, yes, they are reasonably active, but they'd be, you know, they're still happy to lie on the sofa, have a good cuddle, but they will need two walks a day. Okay, and somebody else says, could you suggest a breed of dog? My daughter who has asthma is allergic to dogs. Is there a suitable breed that we could have as a family pet that wouldn't be triggering her asthma? To be totally honest with you, it's a really difficult one. It really depends on both the level of your daughter's asthma and what her triggers are and, you know, how severe the situation is. Um, but also there's no guarantees. There's some there's some breeds that are, let's say, quote unquote, non-shedding, but everything pretty much sheds to a certain degree. And it really just depends on what might set off um, or trigger the problem. Uh, I'll have a little think. I'll do a bit of research for next week on, on the ins and outs of it. But off the top of my head, no, there's no real safe bet. Okay, and Noreen in Watergrass Hill. I have two minutes left. Noreen Watergrass has a King Charles, 10 years of age. One of his nails, it looks like it's coming off. Should I take it to the vet? Or is there anything I can be doing myself? No, take him to Ouch. the vet. Um, it can be, yeah, it can be really, really sore. It's it's the equivalent of us having, you know, part of our nail snap off. Sometimes it'll be hanging on just by a little bit of the base of the nail and a little quick. So the equivalent of our kind of nail bed can sometimes bleed quite a lot. It's, some people also always say it's quite a spectacular amount of bleeding when a dog breaks a nail because they have that little blood vessel going down through the centre of it. It's really sore. It's not going to heal back together if the nail is broken. So it's definitely best to visit your vet to get that attended to because it's, it's a really sore little thing. And it's also kind of a source of infection potentially. Okay, pop it on to the vet. Okay, listen, we leave it there. Uh, Jane, have a great week and uh, we'll talk next Thursday. You too, thank, thank you. Thank you, bye bye. That is uh, Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. And when we were chatting about the cost of the cockapoos and the cavishan, and I cannot believe the amount of money that people have been charged from 1500 to 1800 for a little puppy. And, you know, Jane saying, yeah, unfortunately, they've gone up in in price. I was just wondering, what have they gone up from? Somebody has says, uh, Patricia, I know of a person who paid 400 euro for a cavishan pup last year before the pandemic. So have they gone from 400 euro to our listener on the Cavishan who was asked for the Cavishan was the 1800 wasn't it could it have gone from could it have gone from 400 euro to 1800 euro that seems unbelievable uh, indeed but it looks like that's the prices that people are being charged and again uh, if you are going out and paying that kind of money or paying any kind of your hard earned cash on a dog make sure you know who you're buying it uh, from puppy farms are still uh, out there as much as ever Uh, make sure that you go into where the dog was bred that you get to see the mother with the pups when when they are younger and don't be fooled by oh I'll meet you at the garage you'd never find my house I live in the middle of nowhere alarm bells should ring if somebody is suggesting something uh, like that and also with the stolen dogs just be very careful about buying adult dogs as well that you absolutely know for sure where the dog has come from and that it isn't somebody's much loved pet and that they're pining away without their much loved animal. Okay that's where I've got to wrap it up for today. You've got Nick Richards with you for the afternoon. Nick will play another round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. Good luck. You might be able to win for yourself €103. My thanks to John Paul for producing the programme. We are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. On to the night, Patricia Messenger. Stay safe, stay warm, stay indoors because that weather warning in place until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 